Welcome to the Pub Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Alford. Now, uh, we had the opportunity to interview Coach McKenna. We'll play that at the end of the show today. Uh, a little bit of a breakup in the interview because of the fact that the connection was not great. Uh, so I had to do a lot of work on the back end to kind of piece that together. But uh, bringing on Scott Alford, here to talk about some LC football uh, and also the dominant performance that was prep over CV. <laughs> well, first of all, you won't have connection problems if you drive down to prep to talk to Coach McKenna. Yes, that is a viable option. But <laughs> And I'd like to welcome our special guest in the studio today, our dog, Gunner. He wanted yeah. to be part of the podcast. Smells like a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. <laughs> Golly. Anyway, um, yeah, you, you characterized um, the CV game as dominant. I wouldn't. I would say that was a tough fought game. Uh, I was impressed with the way that prep played. Um, not necessarily in their execution, but I was I was impressed with their <clears throat> their uh, fortitude, their mental toughness in the game. I thought that that went a long way in that victory. I I don't I didn't I didn't uh, I I talked to Coach McKenna just briefly and Coach Cassano after the game, but. Um, I think they would agree with that, that that's, that's what uh, probably will stick out in their minds is how their kids stuck in there. I mean, it was a tough game. CV came back, looked like they're going to make a run at it. The game was tied, went to overtime, and, uh, you know, their defense played well enough to get the, the win, and that's what you have to do this time of year. Yeah, it was pretty cool to be down there right on the field and kind of catch that last fourth down on camera and uh, kind of see the celebration. And uh, we had the opportunity to celebrate with Mike Artie right there standing next to us. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, because of the fact that it was a playoff atmosphere, it was a kind of a must-win scenario. And, you know, they, they seemed like they were well-prepared going into that game. And, yes, it was really unfortunate for CV that their, you know, best player, their quarterback, goes down and doesn't play in the second half. Yeah. But I was impressed by that backup quarterback, quarterback actually. Even though that kid is a sophomore, I thought as far as mechanically and fundamentally sound, he's a lot better than uh, Gabbert. He had good mechanics, and the other thing that impressed me about him, <coughs> excuse me, going into that game um, and having to come in in the second half, uh, he probably didn't get a lot of reps during the week. Usually the, the twos don't. Um, I thought he showed some, some good poise back there. Um, prep, prep brought some heat on him. Um, they, you know, they ran some, they ran some dogs on him. They ran some blitzes on him. Uh, they came from him, a couple saw blitzes and, um, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting to watch him. I mean, he did at a few, a few times he, he ate the ball where he probably should have just got rid of it. Um, that kind of thing. But, you know, he's young. But, yeah, I agree with you. I was, was impressed. He was gifted with one completion on the 10-yard line, I think. It was about a 25-yard pass play. Uh, they ran like a corner route. And the ref, even though the kid's foot was probably, I don't know, three feet out of bounds, was called inbounds. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was <laughs> we were right that there. That was a ridiculously we were, bad call. We I were, mean, you and I were right there looking at that 
uh, completion, or yeah. I should say incompletion, and that kid was not in. And it, you know, just listening to the refs' rational rationale is just ridiculous. Well, what happens a lot of times, and I saw it a lot coaching high school football for a long time. What happens a lot of times with high school refs, particularly, is they get caught out of position, and so they 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 make a guess. I mean, they they call what they see, what they think they see. But because they're out of position, the angle and their perception is not always reality. However, their perception becomes your reality. And that was a horrible call. I mean, it was horrific. That, that wasn't the only one. So the other one that was pretty interesting, which I had to, actually was informed on, was CV after, I think, scoring their first touchdown, ran an, an onside kick. But the ball didn't hit the ground, and according to the rules, the ball has to hit the ground unless it goes 20 yards before you can recover it. So that's why in the NFL, a lot of times you'll see the NFL players kick it down into the ground, and then that skyrockets the ball into the air. Right. On top of that, number eight, who was the guy that recovered it, was clearly offside. He, 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 he passed the 40-yard line. Before the rest of his team did. Well, that's an obscure rule. I coached for a long time. I didn't know that rule. But to Prep's coaching staff credit, they knew it. Yeah. Um, McKenna and was screaming at the ref. They knew it, and the refs didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, it's the old, you always come back to don't put the game in the ref's hands. And I'm sure that that's, that's a good lesson, especially when you're preparing for the playoffs. Don't let games come to that to that point where a call here or there, particularly in a critical time of the game, don't let a call decide your future. So lesson yeah. learned, and they got out of there with a good, tough win. That was a devastating loss for CV. Um, Season ending. Yeah. But what a great, what a great victory for the, for the Bullpups. Um, you know, and, and now that sets them up for their big game against LC. Yeah, which is tonight, actually, at Bullpup Stadium. 6 o'clock, a little bit earlier start, I think, because of the fact that it's a Thursday night game and it's senior night. So And it's Halloween. And it's Halloween, yeah. <laughs> so for those reasons, earlier kickoff, which should be good because, man, it's going to be cold tonight. It's going to be cold. Yeah, so but that. it's warmer than it has been the yeah. last few nights. But, yeah, I mean, Prep and LC, there is a – very storied history there between the two schools. Um, in fact, we've even touched on it a few times on the podcast, earlier podcasts. <clears throat> These schools don't like each other. I think, if I'm if I'm correct in this, I believe that they are the two oldest schools in Spokane. I know LC is the oldest school in the state, I, I believe. Um, and I think prep is... is is right there with them as far as, as being the oldest schools in Spokane. So there is a real deep running, doesn't matter who's coaching, doesn't matter who's going there. There is a real deep running rivalry between these two schools. And, you know, it sounds cliche to say throw the records out and all that. Um, but I will say in years where either of the teams have been down overall, they bring it for this game. So I, I, I would anticipate a hard-fought game tonight uh, between the uh, the Tigers and the Bullpups. 
Yeah, no, really interesting. I mean, I did see briefly. I don't know if it ended up having to be taken down, but someone at Prep had uh, created a little bit of a uh, trash-talking page on Instagram and uh, had made the joke, and I don't know if there's any truth to it, that Elsie was having their senior night tonight at Prep as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that fits right into what we were just talking about. <laughs> That you know, I think we you know we mentioned they tried to do a a, a pre-game like Wednesday. Gunner voicing his concern about LC. <laughs> they tried to do a pre-game dinner and all that. I think it lasted one year. <laughs> it wasn't good. That's yeah. when Coach Urout was there and mm-hmm. Coach Carson was there. But Coach McKenna and his staff are very well aware of how. Uh, the LC sentiment is towards prep and vice versa. And they've had students go to both schools, you know, and they've, they've done that whole thing. So, you know, but all that being said, I mean, LC's not having a banner year, but if you look at their overall record, they have played teams pretty tough. Yeah. The record doesn't show it, but if you look at the box score of when they've played teams, they played CV really tough. They played Ferris really tough. And they did get dominated against Meade, but Meade has been so streaky that it's tough to get a true reading on them. But Lost by one to university. Which you guys not very good. So, but you know. Yes, I mean, I, I agree. This LC team has found ways to show up, I think, when other teams have not shown up. So I think CV and Ferris probably walked into those games thinking we should beat LC pretty handedly. And they've got... Some senior leadership. I mean, Guth Mueller, their running back, is pretty good. Um, I mean, that kid led the GSL last year in yards. So, I mean, he's a viable option at running back. Parvin, their quarterback, not as impressed with that kid. I mean, I remember watching him against Meade. He can't complete a pass further than seven yards. <laughs> yeah, he's the quarterback is struggling in the passing game. But I think their running game, and they will definitely come out and try to test uh, – a prep's ability to stop the run. I'm sure that their game plan is make prep load up the box to stop the run. And then you, then you, you know, you're a little more open to play action pass and, you know, try to move the ball a little bit that way. Try Maybe they'll roll them out a little bit. One thing about when you roll out the quarterback, you cut the field in half. So there's not as much to read. Your reads are easier in theory for the quarterback um, so I would look for them to do things like that, but so, you know, but I really think LC is going to struggle with, uh, the bullpup offense. Yeah, no. And I think we saw that last week that the way that their O-line preps O-line came out and played the way that, uh, McKenna came out and ran the football. I think that that they're kind of finally hitting their stride. It's ironic. It's at the end of the season, you know, obviously you'd like to see that a little bit earlier, but for prep, it's just in time. I mean, you're about to reach that entry level of the playoffs, and it's perfect that they are kind of hitting all cylinders. Yeah. Um, I would say this, though. A little bit of a trap game for prep. Coming off that victory against CV last week, this is a game you don't want to drop. You, you do not want to lose. Number one, you don't want to lose to LC. But you don't want to lose going into... Um, the playoffs. Well, it they've said that basically they've locked up a playoff spot. Um, you know, one of the two seeds, right? But I think 
if this scenario were to go down, if CV were to win, which they should because they play you high, they're a two-loss team. If Prep were to lose, they'd be a two-loss team in the GSL. If Ferris were to lose, they'd be a two-loss team in the GSL. So Mead would be the only one-loss team. They'd be the one seed if they beat Ferris tonight. And then I, what I would think about it is there'd be a three-way tie between Ferris, CV, and Prep because they'd all have two losses and they'd all had kind of uh, shared losses to each and one, one of our another. So that would be really interesting. Could where, have the three-game playoff again. Yeah, no, I hate that, and that's terrible. <laughs> Seven-minute um, game. Yeah. So, but I mean, if, if that's it's, still the bylaws, I'm not sure. Yeah, it it shouldn't happen that way. I mean, I don't foresee it going down that way. But I'm just saying that for the fact that it's not a given that I don't think it's a given that they're the automatic two seed no, no matter what tonight. Take care of business on the field, boys. I'm sure that's the message. Um, I'm just saying, as a coach, as a former coach. There is a tendency to let down after a big game, and that was a big game at CV last week. It yeah, was a, you saw it. You know, and ironically, you saw it with Ferris last week. They played LC, and they only beat LC by six. Right. So, and that there's the trap game there. They were probably looking past them to maybe the Mead game. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, th- those are the dynamics of a football team, and as a that's where coaching and the experience of coaching. And your and your leadership on the team—that's where that really comes into play. And uh, I think Coach McKenna and his staff are happy with the leadership so far with their team, and so they're going to have to step up and get their get their teammates ready. And holy smokes, men, here we go! Pretty smart. One last thing on uh, scheduling wise, because of the fact that Prep has their own field, they have a little bit more uh, liberty in when they schedule games. Now. They moved this game intentionally to Thursday night so they can go and scout in the, the Tri Cities. I thought that was actually pretty smart. Yeah. Just be able to see a team in person sure. on Friday, you know, works to their advantage. And if you can play a game on Thursday by your choice, you're fully entitled to. You, you said earlier that Ferris plays meet. Is, is that tonight? No, that's on Friday as well. Tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the other thing that's nice about that is Prep will know. If they win, they know where they sit. Yeah, you know, before the rest of the the, the game, so, um, yeah, I, I would I would get out there watch the game. If you can't get out there, it'll probably be on TV, maybe. Um, you hope. I know yeah. it's on the stream. If you have the stream I saw access that. Yeah. on uh, on Prep's website too, you're able to watch it there. Yeah, so I think uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a, a a tough game, but Prep Prep should be able to take care of business tonight if their heads are are you know where they should be and all that. I think I think that the preps off I think that the prep offense is going to be too much for LC to handle. Yeah. And uh cuz you it, don't see it. I mean, they will have LC will have what? 7 weeks of film, 8 weeks of film. Yeah. You know, but one thing about when you go against a triple option offense, you can practice it all week. You're never going to get the same look as when you go against a team that runs it. Yeah, it definitely works more to Prep's advantage on a shorter week than LC's <laughs> because obviously you could probably benefit from one more day of prep when Right. Uh, oh yeah. When you're when you're prepping for that kind of triple offense. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh one last thing that we did love to point out last week was uh after the game, you know, all the fans came down, were celebrating the victory uh right there on CV's field. And I think it's the only player I've ever seen in history to engage in a game of tag 
after playing four <laughs> quarters and an overtime. Uh, really funny to see Ryan McKenna <laughs> chasing down one of his players. On a full sprint. <laughs> to tag him back. I even mentioned that to him. I said, hey, I coached for over 30 years. I've never seen a quarterback play a full game and then play a tag with a teammate after the game and run 40 <laughs> yards on a dead sprint. And he's such a great kid. He just he kind of laughed and said, yeah. yeah, I know. But he got me, so I got him back. And So uh, – I think that just shows the the youth in the team and mm-hmm. the spirit and all yeah. of that and which is fun. Yeah. So uh, now let's get to it. We've been waiting for it all in, all in. If you like it, all out. If you don't like it, and you disagree. Excuse my shiver shivers every now and then. Uh, it's kind of cold down here in Studio B. <laughs> you like and it that way because you wake. <laughs> the, the the chest is very tight right now, trying to keep itself warm. All right, first one. It is Halloween. We've done the candy uh, all-ins. You can go back and listen to those. Um, I only have one Halloween one for you today, and that is all-in or all-out, Nate, adults dressing up for Halloween. I'm probably all-out on this because of the fact that it kind of goes under the guides of an an adult wearing a jersey to a sporting event. (laughs) I think once you pass high school, wearing a jersey is not in your repertoire anymore or, you know, uh, your closet. Or maybe it is in there, but it's just not worn. Uh, same to go with with a costume because of the fact that it just, the, the costumes become a little bit more revealing the older people get. And, you know, some, some people you don't want to see that on or it's too much skin. So, yeah, that's, that's why I'm all out. Um, it, it, in general, it doesn't really bother me. I don't dress up. But somehow adults, when they dress up, it becomes more of a comment on uh, everybody's sexuality <laughs> in some regard, you know? Everybody's a French maid or, you know, women. Yeah, or and, a nurse. You or... Know, or uh, and guys always go to, like you said, they either take the, the easy way out and do a jersey or they, they do the other thing and they go to the extreme gore. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's fun and it usually is party related because you see most of those costumes the f- Saturday before Halloween when everyone does their I party. I did see a guy, I did see a guy uh, dressed as Waldo. See, those are funny when that was, you, that when was you go good. back, but also too, sometimes when you go too far back and people, you know, kids don't get it, it's kind of scary. Yeah. So for some kids, they'd probably go, who's right. Waldo? And uh, the, the, I did see one that I actually thought was halfway decent on Instagram. Uh, I have a buddy that uh, dressed up as a hockey player, and then his uh, girlfriend was the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of actually unique. That is, that's pretty cool. Okay, so the next question, all in or all out? There's nothing better than a Game 7 in a World Series. <laughs> actually, you know, let's change that. There's nothing better than Game 7s. In general, across yeah. the board. I would agree with that because of the fact that it's all on the line. And if there's one thing that I think, obviously, football does really well is only having one game represent their championship. But in baseball and basketball, obviously, you have seven. And so a seven-game series can be rough, but the Game 7 itself is actually pretty cool because of the fact that Guys will play with injuries. You know, it all comes down to that. 
and usually they're close games. So I'm all in on that. It's usually a fun time and environment. Yeah, I'm I'm all in because of the sudden death aspect of it. Um, that's you mentioned football. The thing I like about football is in their playoffs, it's one game. So in essence, every playoff is a, is a game seven. And obviously the intensity is ratcheted up and all that. So I think most people are all in, but you know, with the world series going seven games and et cetera, that usually comes up about, boy, there's nothing better than a game seven, you know, um, hockey, baseball, basketball. So I, yeah. I just thought that that was, that was, that was pretty good. Um, so we both agree on that one. Both agree. I like I like the game sevens. All in or all out? And this is based on an article I read ye- uh, day before yesterday. Playoffs for high school sports. Mm. So what would be the alternative if there was no playoffs? Well, the article was making a point that it could help ratchet down the parent... Um, you know, issues as far as when parents get out of hand. Is it too much competition or, or not competition, but is it, is it too much uh, pressure on kids for high school sports? They, they pointed to the lower, the lower sports in high school, like freshmen and JV. They don't have playoffs. Um, and everyone seems to, the sun comes up the next day and nobody really seems to matter. So, so they're saying that obviously there would be, no, there would just be a regular season and no playoffs, and that would right. Be it. You would just win your league, and that would be the championship for whatever so, league they're in. So kind of like the parochial league setup, where they basically right. just have right. the winner of the league kind of thing. Um, no, I mean because of the fact that you ask any one of the kids that I interviewed yesterday, which we're going to going to playoffs in volleyball, um, football hopefully, and then uh, soccer as well. I mean, all three of those athletes were ecstatic about being able to play, mm-hmm. you know, for a state title, what that means, you know, what it's what it means to just win. You know, those victories seem a little bit more special when it's a, you know, your season's on the line type of thing. So, and I think it teaches a kid a lot too because of the fact that, you know, you prep differently going into a playoff game and you know what it holds and the magnitude of it. And I think that teaches a kid a lot to, in the real world experience, you know, you're going to have assignments, you're going to have, you know, things in your job, which mean more, and you got to prep harder and better uh, for that event. And I think that that's really good for a kid. And then also too, you know, win or lose, you win with class. If you lose though, it teaches you a lot. How do you come back from that? What did you learn from that experience? It's just, it, there's so much more that's wrapped into it than just a regular season game. Because if you lose a regular season game, it's the kind of thing of just, well, okay, you know, well, on to the next one. I think the first thing you, you learn if you lose a playoff game is how far you can throw your helmet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, who, obviously who, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> who, who was that guy? Who was that Raider guy that threw his helmet in the air? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I actually... My initial, my initial answer to that was, no, I, I'm out on that. I, I like having varsity playoffs. But then I started thinking about it, and I thought, you know, there is some upside to taking that whole thing out. I think it would, uh, I think it would uh, let kids maybe 
um, a better way to say it is I think it might promote multi-sport um, athletes in high schools because the season doesn't go as long. Okay. Um, I think there is a lot of pressure, not only on the kids, but the coaches. Playoffs are, is a measuring stick. But I kind of came back to it's such a tradition, and it's money involved. <laughs> um, I, I, would, I guess I would fall on the all-in side, but I, I can understand the argument against it. I think that that's, it's legitimate. Well, what's really interesting is obviously as college athletics gets bigger and now the potential ability to be paid for your likeness and all of that and becoming more of a pro-like experience. I mean, I'm not saying high school will ever get to that point, but high school is obviously bigger than just the student body coming out and supporting a game. I mean, it's, I mean, you see the stands nowadays and they're packed boosters, you know, mm-hmm. alumni that come mm-hmm. back and what it means and all of that. And so, you know, I can understand the pressure element because of the fact that all of a sudden you do feel like it's, I'm letting my town down or, you know, I'm letting my school and community down if I don't win and, or if we don't go to the playoffs, right. I could understand that. Yeah. But yeah. love playoffs, love everything it stands for because I think of the fact that those are the games you learn the most about your team, about yourself, and you know what it what it can really mean to a community when you do win. And all in or all out, high school teams should be able to host championship games. So basically, based on record, you go to yeah. who has a better record. Right. That would be pretty cool uh, from the standpoint of because of the fact that you're both in the same state. And yes, one would have to travel over to the west side or the east side or into the center of the state. But it's already that way because of the fact that anyone that lives on the eastern side of the state or central Washington has to travel to the west side. So why is it fair for them to practically have a home game and it never to be reciprocated? So, And I think that some of the fields that schools have now are well equipped to handle that. that I think that that would be pretty neat. Because, again, I would look at it like this. For a community, for an alumni base, all of that, it'd give them an opportunity to see the biggest game of the year. Yeah, and that I, would be a lot of fun. I'm all in on that. I like that. In fact, I think if you're going to have a playoff system, that's a great incentive to have as part of the system. Is to, I think it gives more meaning to the regular season and to the playoff uh, berth. And especially in Washington, like you said, every championship is on the west side of the Cascades. We know why. That's where the most population is, and that's where the money is. Um, and I don't think that that's right. I, I think that uh, if a team can come over here and play a semifinal, which they do, there's no reason why a team can't come over here and play a championship. Yeah, and I, and I think, too, especially now that they've moved – the state title game out of the Tacoma Dome and it's being played at a high school anyway, just a different high school. Why not have it to the opportunity to where, no, we did so well in the regular season and we won out in the playoffs. You're going to have to come over here and play at our house kind of thing. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. And it create, it would create more of an environment that you'd have to deal with. It was cool playing in the Tacoma Dome, I think, for, for teams for the state title. 
but it's so big and you hardly fill up that stadium that the element of crowd noise and all of that is really a non-factor. But I think if you could have it be at a smaller venue and especially one in which was a home environment for somebody, right? it created a pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. So I agree, especially now that uh, Washington State has moved the football championships to high school stadiums. Yeah, that's what I said. So it's out of the Tacoma Dome. Yeah. Um, although the Tacoma Dome was a garbage pit, um, it was something special. Yeah. It's still so. it was more symbolic <clears throat> than anything else. And our last all-in. Are you all-in or all-out on this? And I, I thought about last week when we drove up to the CV game. They had a very organized and very good-smelling tailgate going in their parking lot and i thought to myself you know i wonder how many people kind of like that so all in or all out tailgating at high school games i've only done one tailgate event at a high school game and uh it was more it was very kid-centric where it was the current students at the school Mm -hmm. that made up the large majority of the tailgating and that was fun and i think that that's what would be a, a cool thing about it is the fact that it kind of brings kids there early. They have a chance to kind of throw the football around uh, and be there, have some hot dogs, have some burgers. Uh, And so I would probably say I'd be all in on the tailgating uh, because of the fact that you're all there for one central reason. And, you know, high school is so pure still that, you know, usually you have a strong loyalty to the school in which you'd be tailgating at. I'm all in on it with this caveat, as long as it's organized. That's true. Um, Excuse me, especially for high school. Um, You know, when you think of tailgating, you think of a bunch of different people barbecuing or grilling up something or, you know, a bunch of ice chests all over. And I I like the idea of having a tailgate kind of in a central area that's maybe run by the booster club or something like that, even the school or the student body or something. Uh, Because what I liked about it was brought together that sense of community before the game. Well, here's what I see at a lot of other schools that I think prep could do, and CV does this as well, is they do kind of a tailgate experience in one of the end zones. So basically behind one of the end zones, they have a couple easy ups that are set up. It's a tailgate experience. People are hanging out and watching the game from that end zone. I think similar to also what they did in Florida at the school, that Granos coaches and teaches at is they allow the students to be down in that area in the tailgate. Nice. And what makes it pretty cool too is obviously if you have a game like the one last week against CV and, you know, it's, yeah. it, they're right there and they're having to score in the end zone that makes where sense. everyone is cheering and all of that. So I think that would be really cool to have that in the end zone and have it be a part of it to where – Maybe there's or some music. Or you have music. a drawing or something like that. Or yeah, whatever. maybe there's yeah. some music and there's good food and you're like, oh, man, that Yeah, I think something. it really kind of cranks up the atmosphere before the game. And like I said, got a good sense of community. Everybody walks through the gates ready to go. So I think we're all in. Yeah, I agree pretty much across the board again, like father, like son. <laughs> so uh, get out there tonight, 6 p.m., kickoff, uh, senior night, maybe a little bit longer than a usual game because of that reason. But uh, it should be fun nonetheless. Gunner says go Pups. Gunner says go Pups. And uh, I think we get the Tigers tonight. I would probably say final score. 
Uh, let's go. Let's go 35-7. I don't think it's close, and I think it's pretty decisive for the the offense going into playoffs. Yeah, I was gonna say prep 41, LC 14. Okay, all right. Yeah, Some sure. garbage touchdown at the end or something. Yeah, I think the first quarter will be close, and then they'll kind of break away from there. But uh, yeah, rivalry in true fashion. So uh, yep, happy Halloween to everyone out there, and uh, enjoy your good and plenty. Apparently, <laughs> all right, go pops. Candy corn. Coming off a huge victory last week against the CV Bears, Coach McKenna joining us. Coach, thanks so much for coming back on the program today. Oh, my pleasure. It's always fun. Yeah. So, um, big win last week. You guys are positioned now. If you beat LC, you're into the playoffs. What has been the message to your kids this week to not get caught up in that big win over CV and focus in on LC? Just keep doing what we do. You know, championship teams uh, strive to get better each week and each day and each moment. So that's what we're trying to do and preach that. And, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Um, and I think the kids receive that. And, and uh, the, you know, they celebrated and had a lot, a lot of fun on Friday and then uh, come back to work on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So it's a good thing. Yeah. Now, uh, when you win a game early in the year against Mead, which is a, an opponent – that is right up there in the top of the GSL with you guys as well. And then you come back and you beat a team like CV, but two different style of games. You beat Meade kind of handily, and the CV game was close. Uh, was close. Did you learn more from the experience of the close game against CV than you did against the decisive win against Meade? Oh, no question. You know, I think you, in those situations and stressful situations, you can't uh, simulate that in practice. It's pretty difficult to do. And, and so when we're up, you know, and then uh, – Defensively, we have a couple drives to to at the end of the first half, and then uh, we give up a drive at the very end of the game that sends it to overtime. That's uh, you know, it's, to have a team bounce back from that was huge. Um, and then obviously, you can't simulate overtime. You know, we do the what we call the overtime classic thing in the summer, but you, again, it's hard to simulate that uh, experience in a game and get an overtime game. So, uh, you know, having yeah, it's it was it's great for our team and for for our program. As far as team wins for you as a coach, where does that overtime game against CV rank and some of the other ones that you've had? Well, they're special. You know, it's just because it's a great opponent. And uh, their coaching staff's great guys. So it's fun when you, you battle and and, um, and when you come out on top. Uh, it's always very memorable. Uh, and then playing out at CV is a tough place to play. You know, we've lost some close ones out there in the past. Um, so, you know, to, to beat them um, on their field was it's it's very memorable, but that memory is short lived. Trust me, it's on to LC. You know what I'm saying? So um, it uh, it's up there, but at the same time, it's on to this game. I'll reflect on the season at the end. Yeah. Now speaking of LC, they've had close games this year against CV, against Ferris. They've played teams pretty well, even though their record doesn't reflect it. What have you seen from them on film? They're very they're physical up front, you know, um, and, and they're they're much better than their record shows, and it's uh, evident on film when you watch them. Uh, Coach Hughes does a wonderful job getting those guys ready, and and uh, you know there's a uh, there's a good tradition that goes like a propelsi football game, and 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 so if our kids aren't ready to go, they'll they'll see what it's all about. It's uh, they got to be ready to go, and we've been preaching that, but uh, they're much better than the record shows. Now uh, Thursday will be senior night. 
Uh, what does that mean to you usually when you see those seniors come across and take pictures with their family? Can you still hear me? It's just special, you know. It's just, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. It's just special. Um, you know, you spend a lot of time with these kids, and, and you know, it's their could be their, you know, uh, one of their final games. You know, it's coming up, and and it's celebrated on your home turf, and and with their families, it's special. Always is, and and uh, it just it, it gives me time to reflect and uh, reflect, and and uh, uh, just on. Uh, you know, there's much more. Th- uh, there's many more things that are important in life than just a football game, and so it's fun to be able to celebrate that with those kids and their families. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this week, I saw you on Facebook and Instagram with uh, a mic and in front of the freshman class. Uh, what was that all about? Um, I help with uh, freshman. I help with campus ministry, so we were putting on a freshman retreat, and so I was there talking about uh, stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it uh, it seemed as if they had a good time, and uh, that's very cool, Coach. I like uh, I like seeing that side of you. Oh, it's awesome. I, I think they had a really, really good time. It's an opportunity for their classmates to get together, uh, be led uh, through some small group activities by seniors and juniors in our school, and then we celebrate a class mass together. It's just really a special day, actually. Now, uh, one of the other things, speaking of the freshman class, what have you seen out of that football team this year? They've won some decisive games all throughout the year. You know, Coach Melzer and his staff do a great job, and they get they get those kids to play extremely hard, um, and, and they've won some uh, some very lopsided games. Uh, they've been in a, in, in a couple, and they got a huge one coming up next week um, to finish off their season uh, against Mount Spokane, and so that will be here prep, and it'll be an exciting game to watch, and excited to root on those young bull pups. And then, uh, you know, the main thing is we got to keep all those kids out next year. They need to come out and be a part of our. Thanks again for Coach McKenna joining the show. And as always, Scott Alford for bringing those all-in questions to us. Feel free to play along at home. Uh, email the show, pupsports1 at gmail.com. Get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram. Love your guys' support. Uh, would love even more feedback if you have something to offer. Now, go out tonight. Support those senior boys. Uh, go Pups. Go Pups.